My name's Leslie Peterson, and I help bloggers turn their modest websites into thriving online enterprises with SEO, email marketing, and a little hard love encouragement to always move forward consistently and with a plan. Hey bloggers, if you've been listening for weeks and weeks now, almost every couple of episodes, I mention something called a topic cluster. And today we're going to dive deep into what a topic cluster is, why you need it, how to create them, and then I'm going to tackle one of the most often asked questions I get when it comes to topic clusters. So let's start by defining what a topic cluster is. It is a group of information, a group of articles on your site that are collectively about the same topic, hence topic cluster. There are three components to a topic cluster. The first is the pillar post. The second is the subtopic or supporting post. And the third is the link between the two. Those are the three important pieces of information. So let's talk a little bit more about that. The pillar post is a post that you write about that topic that covers it at a very broad level. So you're just writing a little bit of information on a lot of components about that topic. Here's a travel example. Things to do in Colorado. I can write about the four national parks, all the hikes, all the museums in Denver, the best restaurants in Colorado, the coolest hotels. That would be a pillar post because I would talk about all of those different components at a very shallow level. Just a little bit of information about a lot of topics. And then for that pillar post, I would want to create one, two, three, five, 10, 20, 30 support posts for that pillar post. And a support post is usually about one topic, but it goes pretty deep into that in that topic. So if I talk about Rocky Mountain National Park being one of the best things to do in Colorado, that would be the pillar post. And then if I had a post that was just about Rocky Mountain National Park and went in depth on the best hikes to do there and the best time to visit and how to get a reservation and all of that, that would be a support post for that topic. Often get asked how many support posts that you need for any given pillar post. And the answer is, drum roll please, it depends. Depends on how much authority you have on that area and other areas of your blog. So do I have other national park content? Do I have other Colorado content? How, uh, what my domain authority is, which is typically in line with how old the blog is. Uh, what is the, um, difficulty ranking for that keyword? How many other people are writing for that keyword? What is their domain authority? What is their topic cluster content look like um, in the area of, in this case, Colorado, a Rocky Mountain National Park? So obviously, I mean, the gist of it is the more competition you have, the more support posts that you need. Or the uh, the less the lesser amount of authority that you have on that topic on your own blog in other ways, the more support posts that you need. And then the third component I mentioned was the link. When you add a link from the pillar post to the support post, then you are that's how you build that cluster. You are telling Google, here is my topic cluster. Here's my content cluster. Those are the three components. So why do we do this? Well, first of all, we do it for our users. 
it allows it gives them a lot more information about a given topic. It allows them to read an overview and decide if they want to go deep and then gives them that information if they want to go deep. So they're not going somewhere else. So it's building um, authority for our users, giving them a better user experience. But it's also an important part of your SEO strategy. It increases your site's authority. It absolutely uh, impacts your ability to rank on any given topic. And because blogs are flat, I mean, that's the nature of a blog. It's very flat. Um, it, there's not a there's not a great hierarchical structure. If you don't if you look at behind the scenes of your blog, there's not a lot of folders in there where I don't have a folder for the United States and then a folder for Colorado and then a folder for the Rocky Mountain National Park. So Google can't look at my um, my folder structure, my the architecture of my site, and really understand how each and every page relates to each other. It depends on links to do that. And when you build those links, you're actually demonstrating to Google what your site architecture is. And that makes it a crucial piece of the SEO puzzle. The third reason we do it is because it allows us to take advantage of more long tail keywords, which as the world of SEO changes around us uh, almost every day um, is a really, really, really good strategy when it comes to getting more traffic and ranking higher in the SERPs. I think that more um, more detailed, more long tail keywords, more specific pieces of information are going to be more important now than they ever have been as we see Google change the way that they're delivering topics, utilizing SGE um, and um, other types of um, AI interfaces in the search results set. And then the last reason we do it is because it makes the world of backlinking a lot simpler. If you have a topic cluster that is beautifully um, highlighted with an internal linking strategy that starts with the pillar post and links down to the supporting content, then we see that the authority of that post really flows from the pillar post down to the supporting content. We see that flow downward because the links are pointing downward. Um, and then you only have to really focus on getting backlinks to that pillar post. So if you've got 500 posts on your site, but only 200 of them are pillar posts and 300 of them are supporting posts, you only have to worry about getting backlinks on that 200 pillar posts and not every single article on your entire site. Because once you can um, create backlinks to a pillar post to attract, to, to demonstrate higher authority, more authority, more, uh, more trust out in the interwebs, then that authority is going to flow to the posts that it is linking to, which in this case would be your support content. So that's what a topic cluster is and why it's important. And I think it's kind of funny. Uh, I was just doing some research before, um, uh, putting this podcast together. And I happened to notice an old article, October of 2022. So old, but not too old from HubSpot, where they really highlighted that SEO is now shifting to a topic cluster model. And they're just saying this in October of 2022. And while 
on most cases, I would say HubSpot is a lot smarter than me. I would have to disagree with them that it only just began um, shifting to a topic cluster model. I think topic clusters have been a vital role in SEO for a very long time, as long as I've understood SEO, which has been, I don't know, six or eight years. And uh, I think that it only becomes more and more important but it's always been a best practice. So I hope that many of you have already been implementing it. Um, But if you're not, we're going to talk about how to do that here at the very end. Now, how? How do you do this? Well, I gave you a critical piece of information uh, just a bit ago, and that is with regard to the links. You build topic clusters by finding your, your topics that are related and building that internal link. So you can absolutely add a link from the support post to the pillar post. I never want to discourage you from doing that. I think it's a great idea. I think it's an important part of the puzzle. It helps your 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 reader out. But the most important link you can add is from the pillar post to the support post. From the pillar post to the support post. Now, as bloggers, we tend to write information. Sometimes we start with a pillar post and then we add a supporting post. Um, Other people start with supporting posts and then they add pillar posts. I happen to be one of those people who starts with a pillar post. So I like the overarching post to be written first. And then once I've got my uh, pillar post written, then I tend to write the supporting post. But what happens is if you do that like me, it might, um, as you're writing that second article, that Rocky Mountain National Park detail article, it makes sense as you're in there to go and link to the things to do in Colorado post because that pillar post was already written. I wrote it first. But what's vital is that you add to your um, list of things to do when you're getting ready or when you publish a post to determine, is this post a supporting post or a pillar post? And if it is a support post, then it is vital that you go back into the pillar post, whether it was written the week before, the year before, the decade before, doesn't matter. Go back into that pillar post and add a link down to the supporting post. That is how Google understands your content, your pillar content structure is with those internal links. So a lot of you will tell me, oh, I have topic clusters because I have this overarching post. Maybe you have... um, organic gardening techniques for beginners as your pillar post. And then you have how to compost at home, composting being an organic gardening technique um, as your support post. You might have both of those posts in your inventory. But if you don't have the link from the pillar post to the supporting post, then you don't have a topic cluster. The topic cluster has to be those three components the pillar post, the support post, and the internal link from the pillar post to the supporting post. And it bears repeating. So I'm going to say it again. It is absolutely okay. And in fact, an amazing thing to link from your support post to your pillar post. But the topic clusters created by linking from your pillar post to your support post, that downward direction in the hierarchy. So um, so in our organic gardening techniques 
example, we would link from the organic gardening techniques down to how to compost at home. Here's another thing I want to point out, though. Some of you are thinking about your topic clusters now. You're wondering if your internal linking structure is set up appropriately. And you're thinking of some specific examples and you're thinking to yourself, is that a pillar post or is that a support post? And the answer is that it could be both. I'll give you an example with this organic gardening techniques. Organic gardening, high level level pillar post. So if I've got a list of gardening techniques for for beginning organic gardeners, it's a high level, level pillar post. Probably one of the things I talk about in there is composting at home. So then I have a support post that I write all about composting at home. So I'm going deep on the topic of composting at home. That's my support post. But as I'm reading, as I'm writing it, I, I start thinking about all the different types of composting bins. There's some that you can buy that are plastic, that sit on the ground. Some that you can buy that you have a handle that allow you to turn them to rotate the compost. Some that you can build with wood. Some that you can build with hay. So there's all different types of composting bins for small gardens. So I might decide to write a post about the best composting bins for small gardens. And that is a support post for my composting at home post. Now, we're on a podcast. I can't draw this out for you, but I'm hoping that you get the idea that you might go two, three, four layers in. A pillar, a post can be both a pillar post for a number of supporting uh, articles and serve as a support post for a higher level pillar post. I'll give you one more example of this. Just again, I know it's a little confusing when we can't see it written out. Um, but if you can think about this in your mind, think about it like a like a folder structure that you would have on your computer. And that you have you go into the topmost folder and that folder is Colorado. And I click on that and open it up. And maybe there's two or three different folders in there. Maybe there's... Uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. So that was one of the things I talked about in my Colorado post, but now I have a post dedicated completely to Rocky Mountain National Park. That's a support post for the Colorado post. But I might have another support post that is exclusively about the best, my favorite hiking trail um, in the whole park. And I want to go deep just on that one hiking trail. Well, that becomes a support post to the Rocky Mountain National Park post. So now that Rocky Mountain National Park post is a pillar post and a support post. It's a pillar post to the hiking trail post, and it's a support post to the Colorado post. So that's a three-level hierarchy. And that, if you've been blogging for a while, that's generally how you're going to find that your content exists. And that is fine. That's okay. It's it's beautiful, in fact. It means you're thinking in a way, um, uh, you're thinking about how to improve your demonstration of your authority, both to your reader and to Google. You're thinking in terms of subject matters and, and content clusters. You're already thinking that way. So it's it's beautiful. Take advantage of that. What I want you to do is go ahead and make sure that you're actually demonstrating it to Google by linking from the pillar post to the support post. And then if that new support post is also a pillar post, link from it down to the support post. You can link both directions, but you always want to make sure you're linking from the pillar post to the support post in order to demonstrate 
how that architecture is set up. Now, the final thing I want to leave you with is the number one area of confusion for people who are taking their own site and um, laying out how the topic clusters are structured. And that's this. You run across a post that can be a supporting a piece of content in two different categories, two completely different categories. It falls into both. So which one is it? And while it might seem confusing at first, because you can say, well, this piece of content is related to A, and it's related to B. So I don't know which one, you know, which one to, uh, to add it to. And, uh, or, or you might, this is, this is more likely the question, well, which one is it? And the answer is, it's whichever one you tell Google that it is. And how do you tell them that? by inserting the link. Inserting the link is how you demonstrate that. So you can pick one. It doesn't really matter which one you pick. You just have to pick one. Here's an example. It's in the travel area. Sorry, just pulling from my own content for these examples. But you might have a a topic cluster on Colorado. And one of your posts is about Keystone, which is a ski area that's great for families. Then you might have another topic cluster on North Carolina, not known as well for color, as Colorado for skiing, but there is a great family ski resort there called Beach Mountain. So I've got Colorado topic cluster and I link down to Keystone. I've got a North Carolina topic cluster and I link down to Beach Mountain. So I'm reinforcing those state-based topic clusters. But after I get all my state-based topic clusters in place, I might think to myself, well, I've got this post on Keystone, and I've got this post on Beach Mountain, and I've got a post on five other great family ski resorts in the area. So what I'm going to do is craft a pillar post on the best family ski resorts in the United States. I'm going to list all of my favorites in there and why they're great. And then I'm going to add an internal link from that pillar post to Keystone. And from that same pillar post to Beach Mountain. So you're creating a second, or in this case, I guess a third topic cluster. You had Colorado as one, you had North Carolina as a second one, and you're creating a third one that's just based on families key resorts in the United States. And you're linking to support posts that you link to in other topic clusters. That's okay. That's absolutely okay. You just want to make sure that you're linking where? from the pillar post down to the support post. It doesn't matter which one you do first, which one you pick first. It uh, doesn't matter if you just do one set or the other set. You just want to make sure that all your pillar posts have support posts and all your support posts have pillar posts. And then if you see clear lines of delineation that allow you to reinforce a second or third or fourth or fifth topic cluster, then go ahead and build those internal links and demonstrate that topic cluster. It's okay for a post to fall into two, three, four different topic clusters as long as you're demonstrating to Google what the topic cluster is based on how you're building your links. So here's my challenge for you. Yesterday, we talked about building topic clusters if you're getting a new site started. I really, I recommend that you, you start by Deciding what you want your topic, your initial topic clusters to be, you do the keyword research, you map that all out. 
If you already have a site, which is the majority of you out there, then I want you to take your existing content and map out the topic clusters of your current inventory. And many of you are like, uh, Leslie, I have a thousand blog posts, to which I would say, I understand, I hear you. But it's really, really important to your SEO strategy that you have identified all of the support posts and pillar posts in your content, that you identify the gaps where you have support posts that have no home, that have no pillar post. We have pillar posts that have no authority because they don't have supporting posts and where you have gaps. And then make sure that you're, you've built internal links in the right direction. Here's what I hear on the constant. Uh, my internal linking structure is fine because I use something like Link Whisper. And I'm not knocking Link Whisper, but I'm telling you that your internal linking strategy is far too important to your success to leave to some automated tool that does not have your best interest or an understanding of your site structure in mind. It can't have an understanding of your site structure in mind because until you build those links yourself, that site structure exists only in your head. Don't leave your internal linking structure to something like that tool. And I'm not knocking that tool. It doesn't matter what, what tool you're using to do it. This needs to be a deliberate process on your, point, your part. You start that process by mapping out your current inventory. I understand it's hard. I understand that for many of us who have been blogging for more than a decade, it's going to take more than an evening to accomplish this. But I believe in you. I know that you can do it. And I know that you value the amount of time and effort that you've put into your blog. And I want to see you take it to the next level. And this is the step for you to do that. This is how to let Google know exactly what you're all about. So don't give up on me now. Don't stop listening. Don't stop applying just because the stakes are raised and it's getting harder. Keep going, friend. I believe in you. Hey, real quick, this is Leslie just dropping in to remind you that I have several free resources on my blog right now that I'd love you to get your hands on. Just head over to lesliepeterson.com. The link is in the show notes below and grab my free blog post update checklist. Or if you're on a journey to fire up your blog's email newsletter, grab my free list of 52 newsletter connection prompts. With both of those, I'll include a video about how to use them to build a solid relationship with your subscribers or work towards doubling your traffic with updates. Grab both of those at lesliepeterson.com.